kind of accidentally doing the the burr buy renovate rent i just wasn't aware yet about the refinance part which i wish i had known you're listening to the right club podcast where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live come grow with us and join our community at the and now your hosts sarah larby and alfonso salami Hey, Right Club Nation, it is Sarah Larby here, and my co-host for today is Laurel Simmons taking over for Alfonso, who is again on vacation. And ironically, he's only on vacation for four days, but <laughs> the way that these air, it's going to feel like about three weeks. But uh, <laughs> really excited to be here with Laurel. <laughs> Laurel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Having fun. This is, it's so much fun to talk to, to our guests because everybody has such a different idea and different ideas and thoughts and they're doing different things. And it's really easy to get like motivated and inspired by all these stories. Absolutely. It's really fun because it's like we get all this education and we can ask all the questions that we want and we can share that. And then lot, there's so many things I just have people on the show and I'm like, well, what about this? And like secretly I need to find out the solution to one of my problems. <laughs> but no, it is, it is so much fun and it's awesome to be able to share everybody's knowledge, insights with you guys out there and the Right Club Nation. And it's great to be able to give back and, and provide that education because that is the one thing that is so important to be able to, to learn from others' mistakes, to be able to get that information. But then also very important is to take action, learn and then take action. No analysis paralysis. How did you guys overcome that initial fear of getting your first property? Well, it's funny. I was thinking about that the other day. We, our very first property, it was rent to own and we decided to do it. And it was, you know, quite a few months before we got any, any hits. And then we got a call from someone who, who did everything. Like it was such a bad deal. It was so bad. It makes me laugh now. It was like, not just an old farmhouse, and way out in the middle of the country. It was so old. I think it was the mid-1800s. <laughs> <laughs> like, I tripped over. Like, we, we, we actually went to see it, and you could, I know that the walls, they were, they were stone walls, but I think they were, whatever insulation was there was, like, probably hay and rotting hay, and, and the old style is, that's what they did back then. And then it was just like, oh, and then the guy had already put an offer on the place. It just, it was just awful. It was just the worst experience. But having said that, it wasn't a bad experience. We learned a lot. So that actually made us go, okay, wait a minute. We have to take control of this because if we don't take control of this, then this isn't going to work. So, so it really, although it sounds really funny, we learned a lot from that. So then we, within a couple of months, we had our first deal and it, and because of that, <laughs> 1850s farmhouse, which I will never forget. We really did put a system in place in terms of how we got our tenants and our tenant buyers and really, really helped. So, you know, you just have to learn from everything, right? And, and laugh along the way, because if you don't, you're going to cry. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really interesting story. Now, how long ago was this? That was in 2000, 2011. Okay, that was your first one. And now how many do you guys have now? I think we've done, and it sounds funny, I think, because the numbers change all the time. We've, we've done 12 buy and hold. We've done, I think we're at 40, 47, 48 rent to own. So I think we're coming up to the 60 mark, which is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you guys grew really, really fast for sure. That's awesome. 
you and Daniel are a power team. My first house was actually from the 1850s that I bought as well. And I still actually own it to this day. <laughs> oh, do you? Where is it? Yeah, it's in Brantford. It is like, I don't even think it's 500 square feet, to be honest. <laughs> it's like this tiny little bungalow, just like a brick bungalow with a crawl space as a basement. And somehow it's still standing, but it's actually in a really good area. <laughs> But we bought it for 129,000 bucks. So that's how we scraped our pennies together. And that's how we got into the market. So we bought the cheapest thing that we can find in a decent area and started that way. And and it's renting no problem. It is. So we're actually, we're re-renting it starting May 1st for 1425. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Right. It's not about timing the market. It's time in the market. And at some point rents just skyrocketed Brantford in the past three, four years. So when tenants leave, I, I do all of my leases just on a month to month basis because I don't want, well, I don't want to be stuck myself and technically they can leave whenever they want because they're tenants. And so I do month to month leases. So ideally they don't stay more than like two, three years. And then I, you know, you go back to market rent. Somebody right. says they're going to stay there for like 20 years. They're probably not going to be my tenants. You'd be someone else's tenants. But anyways, on that note, we've got Dana Snow, who is a longtime attendee and member of the Wright Club. And she is an investor, has done many great deals in the US, in Canada. She is currently residing in Kawartha Lakes in Lake Scugog and invests and also works as a realtor in Hamilton in that area. So I'm, I'm really excited about Dana being on our show. We asked her lots of questions. And shall we, shall we watch the interview? Absolutely. All right, let's play it. Welcome to the show, Dana. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Very good. Very good. We've also got Laurel, our co-host for the day, as Alfonso is still in Mexico and we'll be back soon. And hello to you, Laurel. Hello. How how are you doing? I'm doing great and looking forward to to chatting with Dana because I know she's got some cool stuff to say. Absolutely. Dana, you've been a longtime attendee of the Wright Club and you live all the way in the Kawartha Lakes and actually close to my cottage, which is really cool. So quite a long drive. So one of the first questions that we were curious about is how you got started in real estate in the first place and, and what does your, your strategy look like? I was actually born in Brantford in the late 70s. So I grew up, it was a rather turbulent time in Brantford, I guess. There's a lot of closures of factories. So my dad was impacted by that. He worked at White Farm and then Massey Ferguson. So it was just kind of constant layoffs and job losses. My mom was a school teacher, so she was okay. But I guess I got involved thanks to them. They kind of employed the take advantage of the capital gains, uh, making money every couple of years. They'd build their homes and constantly going and buying a new place in the new subdivision in Brantford and then selling the new place right before that was finished when things were a little more finished. And they did that throughout my childhood. And then we moved to St. George and there they did custom design build pretty much every year or two growing up. So that was really kind of fun and exciting. I was run there every day after school and see what had happened that day and help out in the design and planning process. Yeah. Then after that, we'd, we'd go to like living lighting or various plumbing stores or home hardware. There wasn't Home Depot or, or Lowe's in Brantford back then. So, so <laughs> yeah, color work, color your world, picking out paint, you know, as, as a kid. So, so that's uh, when you got exposed to it early on. 
I did, yeah. So yeah, it was just their kind of creative way to make their equity work for them and make some extra money. Couldn't really rely on on jobs in Brantford back then. So and then I guess my first property was rather inadvertently after my dad died when I was eighteen and my parents were split up at the time, so the house kind of went to me and it was right as I was graduating high school. So I couldn't keep it. I was moving away to to Toronto. And uh, so my first deal kind of was accidental in kind of selling my dad's house on, on the first day of university. Actually, I had to run to Kinko's afterwards and have them fax the paperwork to me and back to them. So it wasn't the, the best circumstances, but it definitely got my feet wet. And then, yeah, just after going to school for many years and moving out west and realizing that I would be forever in debt with student oh. loans. Uh, paying rent in Vancouver, I moved back to Ontario and then kind of, I guess it was an inadvertent drive till you can afford it. I knew I wanted to, to buy a house and didn't want to rent anymore. So my options at the time were Timmins or Detroit or Buffalo. So I chose Buffalo because I liked the art and music scene there and found an amazing house down there. It was original 1927 on the main floor, like all original wood and hardwood floors and doors and trim and they were asking $29,000 for it so I offered them 19000 with uh, them holding half of it at zero percent interest to be paid over two years and we settled at 22000 and did a VTB. I paid for the rest on my student line of credit and that was my first house. And wow. Then I, and then I moved to my next house. I kept that one for about 10 years. The next one was in Hamilton, which was, I think, $80,000 at the time on Robert Street in Hamilton. And I put down $4,000 from my OSAP payment for that year. And yeah, I don't know how I got a mortgage. I found a really good mortgage broker who would found a mortgage. I had two part-time jobs, I think, and, you know, my OSAP money. But yeah, it was a different time back then. And then I just uh, kind of upgraded from there sold that one and bought a, a duplex, sold that one and bought a triplex, all the while kind of accidentally doing the, the Burr buy, renovate, rent. I just wasn't aware yet about the refinance part, which I wish I had known looking back. Yeah, right. <laughs> I probably would have done things differently. But yeah, I, I had a contractor, Jacob, who I'd work alongside him all day, gutting the place and, and learning about the uh, plumbing and electrical and drywalling and painting and then he'd give me my homework for the night and I'd work till 2 a.m. getting everything ready for him the next day so yeah that enabled me just to really dig in and learn everything about about homes I think we even basically poured ourselves a new foundation from the inside on one property to upgrade the stone foundation to a concrete one that we could add a second suite to I'd go and load up my car with bags and bags of concrete as much as it could handle and come back and mix them up and pour them in the forms that we built. And yeah, it was a whole new foundation by hand from the inside. I think it was at least 500 bags of concrete we put in there. Wow. So you said, you know, you talked about the art and music in, in Buffalo. And, and so I know that there's a whole other side to you aside from real estate. And it's really interesting how those two mix because like people think, well, you know, if you're in real estate, you've got this kind of brain and you're doing this, but you've also got this creative side. So like, what's your background? Just tell us a little bit. Like you went to university. What did you study? How did you get into this? 
whole art and music uh, field? Well, I first went to OCA to study art, so fine arts and studio art. So did that for four years and then went to Laurier, actually right when it opened the new campus in downtown Brantford. That was when I came back from out west. So there I did philosophy, contemporary studies, and communications, um, specializing in philosophy and aesthetics of art, and then did a master's in the history of art at U of T. Yeah, there was just always that love, and I, I try to combine the two as much as possible. Like I see renovation kind of like my artistic outlet. Now I don't have much time to, to do actual art, but it's um, yeah, a way to just be creative and, and have vision and see that come to life. And it's, it's just really satisfying seeing that come to life, a practical art, I guess. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Now, I read your story. I was looking at your punk rock realty website. Can you talk to us and let us know how you got started as a realtor and then the punk rock piece, like your story is very inspiring. So I was hoping that you might be able to share that. So... Oh, I don't know. I've always been involved in so many things. My mom has always always said, you have your hands in so many pots. But I like to think of it as maximizing the number of income streams that I have. So it's always been a struggle. I mean, there isn't a lot of money. It's hard to make money in art, um, especially when you're burdened with student loans. I mean, I think I was up to $150,000 at one point. So yeah, real estate was just kind of the way to to support the the art and school habit. I've actually had art galleries of my own. Um, One in St. George, in fact, I had an art gallery and restaurant, which I know nothing about cooking. So (laughs) I I do not uh, recommend opening a restaurant if you don't know how to cook. (laughs) Uh, Then I opened art gallery in Parkdale in Toronto at Queen and Dufferin until we got evicted for, uh, so they could tear it down and and build condos. So kind of the victim of gentrification there, unfortunately. And then, yeah, it was really, I guess, once we moved up to the lake, I had been working for the Ministry of Finance and actually Fleming College in Lindsay for a while doing desk jobs. And I'd always tried to avoid a job, a desk job where, I don't know. It's not for everyone. Yeah, it's (laughs) too creative and I get bored easily, I guess. So so do you consider yourself a realtor, an investor? Like when you tell people what you do, an artist, like what, like what do you associate with first? Now that I've started my own brokerage, Punk Rock Realty, I primarily focus on realtoring, as we call it. I really like helping people, especially first-time buyers, find their first home, whether for themselves or their first rental property. Or I like to help first-time buyers realize that their home can also be an investment for them, whether by renting it out to, to friends, uh, rooms, or the garage, or adding a secondary suite, just helping them realize that there's, there's ways to, to bring in income if they so choose. Hey, Right Club Nation, we'd like to take a short break from the podcast to introduce you to Ryan Carson, who is the leader and visionary at Carson Law. It's a firm based out of Burlington, Ontario, that provides legal services in the areas of residential and commercial real estate, corporate and business matters, estate planning, and intellectual property. 
Ryan has handpicked his legal and admin team who have developed an efficient process that can help with every aspect of the transaction. This includes acting on purchases, sales, refinances, receiving funding, reviewing contracts, drafting and reviewing joint venture and partnership agreements, assisting with private lending, and building the right corporate structure. Right Club Nation, you will recognize Carson Law and his team as regular attendees and loyal supporters of our monthly meetings. They possess the perfect balance of legal experience and desire to achieve client satisfaction that ensures each deal is successfully executed in a timely manner. And by the way, even though their main office is in Burlington, they have a mobile signing service that will send a lawyer to meet with clients, which is awesome. At Carson Law, you can count on their legal advice for home, for work, and for life. Now, back to the podcast. Because I think I think that there's a lot of, certainly in some of the, the people I speak to about, especially, I would say younger people, not necessarily, but let's say first time, people who are getting into the market the first time, and, and it's like they don't understand, they don't, well, you don't know what you don't know, right? And if you don't know that there's different strategies to get into the real estate market, how can you know about it? Because <laughs> it's kind of a vicious cycle. So we need people like you to be out there and, and helping to educate first-time buyers that, hey, it's not all about just putting all that money down because, well, no, we, we can't, you could probably not put your OSAP money down now. <laughs> Those days are long gone. However, there's still creative ways to, to get financing and, as you say, to, to maybe buy a, a house and live in part of it or rent out rooms or do whatever you need to do to get into the market, right? Exactly. And there's, there's so many ways that, that people don't think about, really, um, that just if you, with a little gentle nudging, you can get them to really start thinking with an investor mind rather than a consumer mindset, where instead of a big, scary debt, it's a way to, to make money in the future and build their wealth. So, yeah, Absolutely. that's why I really like working with, with those first-time buyers and first-time investors and trying to help them build a plan for the future, like a plan for expansion to plan now so that things are easy, easier down the line, whether that's seeking out a mortgage broker that specializes in that kind of thing. So they don't hit the, the financing wall if that's the way they want to go. And just, yeah, a, a team of people around them that will help and support them through that for sure. Absolutely. Team is huge. Now, you are still out selling properties and buying properties out in the West, Southern Ontario, Hamilton, Brantford, and now you're living in Kawarthas, Lake Scugog. And mm -hmm. so are you also selling it around the Kawarthas or are you just staying around the Hamilton region? I do both pretty evenly, I would say. So I'm in Hamilton two or three days every week, previewing properties there and checking them out, working with clients. and then. I'm up in Corthas. It's just kind of a different set of, of clients and investors. People are looking for retirement properties or vacation properties that they can rent out or Airbnb or rent out weekly. There are starting to be more kind of the classic investor moving to look to Lindsay and Peterborough. They're still kind of under the radar of a lot of investors, mm -hmm. or, but they actually are starting to have really good economic um, growing student and retirement populations tons of new builds i think 6800 houses are on the go or scheduled to in, in Lindsay. so that's yeah, an exciting time out here too so 
it's actually a nice balance to go to the city where my friends and family and, and work with clients there and then I get to come here to the country and the lake and yeah just kind of relax and think and plan and, and work with clients here the, one of my favorite properties to show is waterfront pro- properties obviously yeah I just bought one last year and the reason that I picked Quarthas is because I do not want to be sitting on that 400 north going to a cottage up there and sitting in four hours of traffic. So the fact that you can actually take the 407 to get across, yes, it costs money, but I can go from my house to the cottage like within two hours, which is, you know, totally worth it. And so like, if you do see another one that's coming up, let me know. I'm looking for (laughs) property. Absolutely. Will do. So, so Dana, just, just to, so people, because some people listening to this won't, won't be aware of where the Kawartha Lakes are in relation to, to Brantford and Hamilton. Like, what's the distance or how much time do you spend on the road to get back and forth? Um, on the 407 door-to-door from my house to downtown Hamilton, it's an hour and 45 minutes. Well, that's not bad. Two hours, two hours on 401 if you time it properly. Right. It's a sweet spot at 9 a.m. You can kind of fly right through. And about 45 minutes north of Oshawa, straight up north of Simcoe Street or Highway 2. Lindsay is about 15 minutes from where I am. I'm 15 minutes north of Port Perry, which is an amazing little town. And then Peterborough is about 45 minutes from where I am. Okay. So yeah, people haven't really discovered that an hour northeast of Toronto is a whole set of lakes. I mean, from my backyard, I can boat to Florida if I had the right boat. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? So now you've got a lot of drive time and I'm in sales. It's my full-time job. I drive a lot and I love listening to podcasts and learning. What about you? What do you do with your drive time? Yes, exactly. Podcasts are amazing or just crank the music. It's a really good time to listen to music, spend a lot of it on the phone with friends and family and clients thinking and planning. Awesome. Now, have you, so you've been investing for a while. What are some things that as a new investor, they should be looking out for? Any tips? Yeah, I would say think with your head rather than your heart for sure. Um, Just take your time. Patience is key. One of my greatest inspirations was my real estate agent when I started, Vince Castellano. He's retired now, but he would show me 50 properties. He would say, Dana, you're not buying this piece of crap. <laughs> Let's go. Like he, he just made sure I was very cautious and took my time, bought solid properties, checked everything, wiring and plumbing. Yeah, it's all in the buy really. So Okay, awesome. Good. So the next part of our podcast is our lightning round. So all the guests get the exact same questions and there's a series of four questions. Are you ready? Sure. It's now time for the lightning round. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Laurel Simmons. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced real estate investor or a beginner. It's really easy to lose focus and not accomplish what you set out to do. And when you get right down to it, the reason usually is pretty basic. Your why isn't big enough or clear enough to keep you going. Don't give up. Don't stop. Take a breather from your busy day and think about what you've set out to do and why you're doing it. And while you're taking a break, go to www.thewhyfactorbook.com. There, you can sign up to find out when Laurel's upcoming book, The Why Factor, Why I Eat and Drink My Way Around the World, and Why You Can Too, will be released. And when you do, you'll get free access to a short audio called What's Your Story? All right. If you've listened to this podcast before, you might know the questions. So number one, 
What is the best advice that you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? I probably just answered that question when I, <laughs> I quoted my realtor, Vince, saying, yeah, Dana, you're not buying that piece of crap. Um, <laughs> like I, that's what I strive to be to my clients, for example. I'll tell them flat out, this is not, this is not worth it. I'm not going to let you buy this. <laughs> I wouldn't buy it unless you have deep pockets then go for it. But there you go. It's nice to see that he was really in it for the long run and the long game and not just trying to get the quick deal. So it's nice to see that as well. Okay. So I've got a question for you. So what is your favorite real estate investing resource? And it can be anything. It can be podcast, it can be book, it can be website, it can be person. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. A club. What, like what's your favorite resource? What do you rec- And what would you recommend to people? I would absolutely say podcast. There's so much knowledge in there. I wish I'd had that when I started. I had to learn the old-fashioned way through all of my mistakes, although that also can be maybe one of the best ways to actually learn. You forget it when you've made a mistake. In investment clubs, RAIN, Right Club, Durham REI, any local ones, they're valuable sources of knowledge and networking. Awesome. Okay, great. Great, some great, great resources there. Number three, Dana, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? I would probably say just creativity and and resilience, like being creative to to work around the problem because the problems always seem to come and uh, just getting through it, not giving up, trying to always focus on the light at the end of the tunnel. There you go. Love it. Okay. So here's one for you. So it's a Sunday morning. So just close your eyes and think it's Sunday morning. Tell us what you're doing on a Sunday morning. Well, as as a realtor, you never really know what you're doing from day to day, (laughs) hour to hour. Um, Usually either preparing for appointments or open houses, if you happen to have one that day. If not often at conferences. And if not that, then ideally I'd be on my lawn tractor or cleaning my pool or entertaining. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yes, I know. And then you're on a waterfront property. So I'm assuming in the summer you're enjoying <laughs> a couple beers in the sun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Looking forward to that starting soon, I hope. I know, <laughs> I know. I still have snow in my yard though, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so Dana, where can our Right Club Nation, our listeners find you if they wanted to reach out? Uh, www.punkrockrealty.ca all our contact info and social media links are there so any last words final words of advice for the right club nation i'd say just keep going (laughs) there you go just keep going on that note dana thank you so much for being on the right club podcast laurel thank you as well for being a great co-host and uh, see you guys next week bye thank you bye thanks So that was really, uh, really fun to talk to Dana, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. She has done so many more things. We could have actually asked her about lots of basement conversion projects, construction projects, commercial projects. I mean, there is tons of stuff that we could could have asked her about as well. And uh, she's, she's just a good person all around. It was really great to have her. 
Yeah, and she's done, you know, stuff in the States and Buffalo, and she's had tax sales, and uh, yeah, we just didn't have time. We could have done like a whole hour and a half just talking about all the stuff she's done, plus the um, the, the blending of the art and the music, and, and she's a master's in fine arts, for heaven's sakes, and she's a, and obviously she's a passion for that, and she, had a, she owned an art gallery, so, and it's really cool to see people who have such diverse interests getting into real estate and, and blending the two and making a really good go of it. Yeah, absolutely. I really like when she was saying that her parents or her mom mentioned have different sources of income. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. really important because there's a lot of you that might be thinking, okay, how do I grow my wealth? How do I one day have the freedom that I want to have? And you look at all the different people that are really successful, I guess in the average, I think it was like five different sources of income. The average millionaire has more than five sources of income. So again, I don't know if real estate counts for one or like in your case, Laurel 60, but <laughs> I, think, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that really, I mean, people who are successful in business, let's say business in general, they understand the power of leveraging and making sure that there are those income streams coming in from a lot of places. And real estate's certainly one stream. And we all know, right, that the billionaires of the world, uh, Warren Buffett's and, and uh, Trumpster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he, he made his money in real estate. So like wealthy people, make money in the in real estate along with a lot of other businesses and there's no there's no question about that but real estate's a pillar let's put it that way real estate is a pillar of wealth for anybody absolutely i think it's for me it was almost like a no-brainer it was it's not easy but in comparison to a lot of the other things i felt like it was the surest way to do it doing it right and calculating your risk. There's always risks and everything, but I was looking at like putting my money in the stock market or doing different things. I like that you can really control that pillar of wealth. Well, and I mean, you're right. It's not like you don't have to go to university for four years. You don't have to get a, a bachelor's degree or a master's degree or a PhD and anybody, you don't have to have a degree at all. As long as you have some smarts about you and can, find the people to help you because it's not all about you right like as far mm -hmm. as i'm concerned when i look for people to help me i'm looking for people who are way smarter than i am yes why would i want to work with people who aren't <laughs> who are <less> smart <laughs> i want them to pull me up and you know have the experience that i don't have so that and and that's like it doesn't matter who you are you can find those people yeah absolutely and that also goes as the five people that you hang out the most with, like your friends, sometimes your friends pull you up and sometimes unfortunately they pull you down. So your five people, your five friends, your closest friends that you hang out with the most, hopefully they pull you up. And if they don't, it might be time to rethink some of them. Right. And so at some point, like I find even in my thirties, there are, you want to create your top five to really yeah. be people that are supporting you, that are pulling you up and hopefully are further ahead than, than you. And are already where you want to be or getting further than you so that you, you can learn from them and you can really grow together, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although I will say the, the, the other side to that too is that I really enjoy, and I know you do too, like we both really enjoy helping other people along too because it's not just about 
for sure. People, right? It's like it's like helping because I love I love to see it when people who maybe don't know as much as I do, and I'm the first to admit I don't know a lot. There's so much I don't know. Like it, it would fill libraries, but what I do know, I'm more than happy to share with people because I understand what it's like. Uh, absolutely, you know, and and that is why we do the Right Club is to be able to share and to help educate and to help others grow, and that's so important. And when I mean your five, it's just like your your five closest friends, yeah. right? The five yeah. people that you're really going to go and hang out with on the weekends and and after work. But yeah, for sure, you know, knowledge and education and helping others. Like we wouldn't be doing the Right Club, we wouldn't even be doing this podcast if that no. wasn't ultimately the goal. So that for yeah. sure, is yeah, hundred percent important. Yeah, so. So guys, you know, if you're there at home listening and we've helped you, if you could just take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, especially on iTunes and rate and review us. And if you haven't come out to the right club yet, send us an email. I'm Sarah at the and you can email Laurel at the Let us know that you haven't come out yet and we'll uh, get you in for free for your first time around. And on top of that, guys, if you just have questions or you have comments or there's anything that we can do to help, reach out to us as well. And, and on that note, Right Club Nation, thank you so much for listening to the Right Club podcast. And Laurel, thank you for being a great co-host. See you okay, next week. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.